going on, podcast listeners? I'm your host, Gmo, recording from the beautiful suburbs of Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, welcome to episode number 43 of Riffs and Body Slams, where we talk about all things pro wrestling and rock and roll. Yes, it's going to be a very busy show, but I'll try to make this quick and easy as possible. Now, I mentioned last episode, I was going to try. I was going to try to do a little predictions before SummerSlam and uh, the Ric Flair's final match. Obviously, I failed. I failed again. I failed. All right, calm down. Calm down. Nothing unless it's been, let's see, 48 hours. See, I can't count. Yeah, 48 hours from time recording this from SummerSlam. And it's been 24 hours since the Ric Flair's final match. So, yes, I got that the results cooking up. Also, I'll be reviewing New Music Friday, where each and every Friday... Not each and every Friday, but I do highlight each and every Friday. New music in the world of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. Oh, it's going to be a good list. First Friday of August. It's going to be great. What else is going to be going on? Oh, we're going to be talking about news in the world of rock and roll and pro wrestling, of course. And so much more. But... Before I continue on, a couple things here. What up do you guys do? Number one, Twitter. Hit the subscribe button. Riffs and Body Slam on Twitter, Twitch, and my official YouTube page, Riffs and Body Slams. Number four, I do have a secondary YouTube page called Riffs and Body Slam Plus. We'll try to do some uh, product reviews, whatnot. So hit the subscribe button on that. And number five, if you like none of those options, you want to send a good old fashioned email, Riffs and Body Slams at gmail.com. That's the complaint department. Feel free to send me whatever you have on your mind. Something I missed out. You went to a pro wrestling show, a rock and roll show. You have a set list, you got pictures. Hey, I'd love to have a chat, man. Speaking of in person, I will be at the Freaks on Parade Tour. Rob Zombie, Mudvayne, Static X, and Power Man 500. Yeah, it's going down this Friday, August 5th. At the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater in Tinley Park, Illinois. The sub- south suburbs of Chicago. I will be there on hand. Cold beverage in hand, of course. Getting his neck primed and ready to do some head banging. So if you're going to beat her, hey man, shoot me up an email. or Let me know on my Twitter page. Just say, hey man, I will be there. Love to hang out, chat. Talk about anything in the world of rock and roll or pro wrestling, man. Always a good time to be new people. Love it. 
But a little teaser for next episode, which is 44. Um, I'm going to try to review the show for Friday. We'll give you the set list from all the bands. We'll kind of give you the gist, the feeling before the show, during the show, and after the show. What the vibe is like. What songs were played throughout the show. Uh, what band I'm looking forward to seeing? Mudvayne. Supposed to see them last year at Louder in Life down in Louisville, Kentucky. Obviously, Chad Gray had COVID and the band dropped out and decided to replace it with Breaking Benjamin. Not my, I mean, I, I do enjoy Breaking Benjamin, but I prefer Mudvayne over Breaking Benjamin. My personal choice. But I'm looking forward to seeing them. Very first time seeing Mudvayne. I did see Chad Gray before. Hell yeah, twice. Rest in peace, Vinnie Paul. So I, I was grateful enough to see Chad Gray in the band Hell Yeah a couple times. But very first time seeing the Peoria Boys. Yeah, Peoria, downstate Illinois. Just a few hours away from where I live at. So I guess you call it a homecoming. I know they did their St. Louis show uh, a couple days ago. So I guess a little homecoming, I guess, for them down there, downstate. But, nevertheless, it's going to be a good time. And, uh, yeah, man, if you're going to beat her, I would love to have a chat and hang out, right? All right. What else is going on? That's it. Oh, by the way, each and every Thursday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, you can find me at sportstownchicago.com. have my own pro wrestling show called the Windy City Squared Circle. And I pretty much, pretty much going to be talking about the similar tour I'm talking about on this podcast. SummerSlam, Ric Flair's final match. Well, we'll have a little more deep and detailed discussion about Dynamite that's going on this Wednesday. And uh, let's see what else I'm going to talk about. I don't know yet. I haven't, haven't discussed about the fourth one yet. But we'll kind of see where that's going to lead to you within the next couple of days. But yeah, man, every Thursday, 5 to 6 p.m., SportstownChicago.com. All right, I think I plugged everything. So without further ado, let's kick off the riff portion of the show. In this episode, to talk about all things rock hard, rock and heavy metal. Alright, welcome to the Griff's portion of the show where we talk about all things rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. Let's kick this bad boy off with New Music Friday. Oh yeah. The first Friday of August. The year of 2022. Of course, August 5th to be exact. Nice hefty list here. By the way, you can follow and find this list at loudwire.com. They get the credit because they put the damn thing together. I'm just reading it off and relaying the information to all the fine rockers and heavy metals out there who want to either purchase the record, CD, or stream it, whatnot, whatever your heart desires. All right, let's kick off the list here right off the bat. First band, I can't wait for this record, August 5th, Amon Omarth. Got a brand spanking new album called The Great Heathen Army. I'm looking forward to this one. This is going to be good stuff. 
Speaking of Amon and Marthy, check out their latest music video that came out a couple weeks ago. Eric Rowan, formerly from the WWE, I guess his name is Eric Redbeard, uh, he made a cameo in the music video. That's pretty badass. So, Amon and Marth, the Great Heathen Army. Fantastic record company, Metal Blade Records, by the way. All right, uh, next band on the list, Andy McCoy. Brand spanking new album called Juice Back Junkie. All right, this next band I'm going to butcher. Ian Hirscher. I got a new album called, I guess it's a live album, Norse and Dangerous. All right, next band, Heat. Force Majeure. All right, In the Heart Wake has the new album called Green and the new Black Soundtrack. All right, I'm not a Juggalo fan, so I'm a... Well, if you're a Juggalo fan, ICP and St. Clown Posse got a new EP called Pug Ugly. It's not my thing, but fuck it. Throw it out there, right? All right. The Interrupters. I know them. Got a new album called In the Wild. All right. The Band Master got two re-releases. The Human Machine and The New Elite. All right. The Band Cycle Cryptic. Got a new album called Divine Council. Soulfly. I know that band. Max Calavera and the Boys. Got a new record called Totem. And then the band Tool is doing a vinyl re-release of Fear Inoculum. Great new album. It came out a couple years ago. So Tool got a re-release on a vinyl. And there is... August 5th, New Music Friday, 2022. Uh, the highlight for my personal picks for this August 5th release. I'm going to go for the new Mount of Martha, Soulfly, and Soulfly. Uh, both, love both bands. So if you're new to the show here, or you're new to metal, and some fans are trying to word this the correct way some fans are you know the, the tolerant level when it comes to hard rock and metal some fans could look as disturbed as rock and hard rock and that's the limit they'll take some people say metallica might be a little extreme for some people and they think they're you know like, oh that's heavy metal yeah yeah metallica's definitely flying the metal flag the mainstream level Doing stadiums, big concert halls, whatnot. Now, for fans like myself who listen to all types of metal, all types, and they can tolerate this type of music, I mean, this new Mount of Mars, man, this is it. If you're a fan of Viking metal, yeah, there's there's a lot of subgenres in the world for heavy metal, but I love it, man. If you ever seen Amon Amarth, go check him out. If you're a fan of the music, go see him live. I, I tell you, you're going to get a hell of a show. Now, last time I saw them, they they were playing at Chicago Open Air. Uh, Danny Wimmer presents the festival company that actually runs, like, uh, Welcome to Rockville. What, what other major? Uh, Aftershock out in California. Yeah, Chicago Open Air. Chicago had his own 
rock and metal festival. And it only lived up to like at least three years, and that's it. Yeah, I have no word if they're gonna bring it back. And it's been a couple years since this, since they stopped doing it. But Amon Marth was my first time seeing them. At a hell of a stage show again, Viking metal. What'd you expect, guys on stage, fucking headbanging? While you have other guys dressed up as you know, fucking Lord of the Rings on stage, duking it out with swords. That's badass. That's metal right there. And their stage show, phenomenal. I mean, again, when I saw them, they had that massive giant Viking ship. Blowing out smoke and steam out of the mouth and nose. And you got pyro going in the background. It was great. Good stuff. So you're a fan of Vikings in general. And you're new to the rock and metal scene. Check them out the music first. Before you head out and check them out in person. Obviously they will be out on tour this fall. So go check them out. Here in the Chicagoland area, they will be at the Aragon Brawl Room in downtown Chicago. Uh, the Saturday after Black Friday. So, good stuff overall. And, oh yeah, obituary. If you're a fan of thrash metal, little redneck style, Florida style death metal, go check out obituary. These guys are phenomenal. And Soulfly. I never seen Max Calavera live yet. Uh, either under the Max Calavera conspiracy or Soulfly. Uh, I obviously missed that little Sepatura days back in the 90s with Max, but you know what? Soulfly, they're great, man. Max Max Calavera sounds great. Obviously, he's doing his uh, the, the 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 tour with his son Igor. So go check out the new Soulfly record if you're the fan of this style of thrash Brazilian Brazilian style metal. Dude, there's so much different type of metal, man. It's 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 ridiculous. But I, I won't get too much into this. But nonetheless, August 5th, New Music Friday. Again, you can follow me. Uh, follow the whole list I just gave you guys. Loudwire.com 2022 New Music Releases. All right, let's talk about touring, shall we? Let's talk about it. So we got here. All right, touring for the world of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. Got Joe Walsh and Friends uh, presents James Gang One Last Raid. So Joe Joe Walsh, phenomenal guitarist from the Eagles, is doing a one-off concert for the veterans, the great veterans here here in the United States of America. And this will happen at the Nationwide Arena November 13th in Columbus, Ohio. And special guests, Dave Grohl, Nine Inch Nails, The Black Keys, and The Breeders. So check out James Gain, One Last Ride, Joe Walsh, and Friends. So what else we got? Oh, this is a huge tour. Great band out of, I guess you could call them uh, Sweden. Kill me if I said it wrong, but In Flames, phenomenal band. Uh, they're going to be going on tour with Fit for an Autopsy, Great Band, Orbit Culture, and Vended. Fans who know about the band Vandit, Corey Taylor from Slipknot, 
and uh, Clown, Sean Cran's uh, sons. Both sons are in this band called Fended. Gotta check it out. But, uh, man, this is a good tour. In Flames, Fit for an Autopsy, good stuff. Trek starts in Boston, Massachusetts, September 6th. And goes up to September 24th, Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm sorry, Sacramento, California. So it ends at Aftershock, October 7th. So, massive tour. Fall tour. Chicago, you're going to get the House of Blues, September 22nd. What else we got here? Rocklahoma uh, reveals a single-day lineups. Uh, this is going down September 2nd through the 4th in prior Oklahoma. So Thursday you have a pre-night pre pre-party, I should say. Count seventy-seven. En- enough's enough. Then Friday's gonna have Shine Down, Three Days Grace, Underoath, Bad Wolves, Bad Omens, Slaughter, Dorothy. Uh, let's see, we got Saturday, we got Corn, Evanensis, Seether, In This Moment, Skillet, Nothing More, Pale Royale, Suicide Tennessee's. Quiet Riot, then Sunday, Five Figure Death Punch, Megadeth, Cypress Hill, Ice Nine Kills, Motionless White, Blackfell Braids, The Who, Lit, Fire from the Gods. So pretty much the whole Rock Rocklahoma Festival is pretty much based off the current tours package that's going on starting late summer slash fall. So like Five Finger, Megadeth, Corn, Evidences. So... There you have it, September 2nd to the 4th on Prior, Oklahoma, Rocklahoma. All right, the band called The Toadies announced the U.S. Fall Tour with Revan Horton Heat and Nashville Pussy and Draculas. Trek starts September 13th in Tulsa, Oklahoma, ends in New Orleans, Louisiana, October 31st. Check out the band Toadies. Alright, that concludes the touring. Free short list as we're cruising through the dog days of summer. And, uh, hey, it's hard to think about a falls just creeping around the corner. It's it's almost here. Alright, what's going on in the news of the world? Rock and roll. Lou Graham, the former singer of the classic rock band Foreigner. Uh, accuses current singer Kelly Hansen of mimicking him. Uh, and uh, he quoted, I don't take it as a compliment. And, uh, if you're a classic rocker, again, I, I, I listen to everything. Classic rock from the 70s all the way up to today's modern rock and metal. I love Foreigner. They're great. My question is, how long has Kelly Hansen been part of Foreigner? And honestly, Lou Graham's coming out saying that he's mimicking him. It's like Steve Perry, former singer of Journey, coming out stating that Arnell Penta, or I think that's his Pena, the current singer of Journey, is mimicking him. Come on, really? Say like Dennis DeYoung, coming out stating that the current singer of Sticks is mimicking him. You see where I'm going here? Kelly Hansen's been part of the band for quite a bit now, so coming out of the blue to say that, yeah, nothing to Graham to Louvre Graham. He is a phenomenal singer. Ooh, forgot another awesome tour that just came out. 
the British Amer American Metal Legends Raven. Uh, if you're an old school metal fan from the 80s, or I guess you say late 70s, early 80s, the band Raven. Uh, bassist vocalist John Gallagher. Phenomenal. Uh, they're doing a 5th anniversary tour. How about that? And like it starts off in Jacksonville, Florida, September 22nd. Ends in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, October 27th. Uh, Chicago, we're going to get the Reggie's Rock Club, October 11th. So Raven, great band. Influence, a lot of thrash metal bands, that's for sure. Uh, pretty awesome, pretty awesome. So I see Bad Religion cancels the remainder of the European tour uh, due to a family emergency. So... Hope uh, everything's doing all right within the Bad Religion camp. But if you're happy to be in Europe and uh, looking forward to seeing Bad Religion, uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to either keep your tickets for or possibly get a refund. So Bad Religion cancels the remainder of the European tour due to family emergencies. All right, this is pretty awesome. Metallica played Master of Puppets right here in Chicago. During Lollapalooza, I think the first night back on Thursday. And uh, if you're a fan of Stranger Things, the Netflix series, uh, obviously they play, they feature the song Master of Puppets on the show. And Metallica decided to pay tribute to the, the fine gentleman who was shredding on guitar in the show. Did a nice little tribute to him on stage with... Uh, Kirk Hammond playing a solo, and then on the screen you have the character from Stranger Things doing the solo as, as well. So that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. What else is pretty cool? Peter Chris, former drummer from Kiss. You know, I'm a huge Kiss fan here. Sings happy birthday to John Five at the Rob Zombie's show in New Jersey concert. That's pretty awesome. Just Peter Chris coming out singing happy birthday on stage. <laughs> That's awesome. But hey, it's good to see Peter Chris, man. He's been, he's been doing a lot of public appearances and playing a one-off here and there with a local band. And that's awesome, man. He looks great and healthy. Now we just got to do a, a one final reunion show in New York. For all the Kiss fans out there, wink, wink, Madison Square Garden. Yeah, Asia's still out there kicking ass. Get them back together. Again, my personal opinion. So obviously I've been seeing a lot of Ted Nugent. <laughs> Ted Nugent's been nothing but being in the press. So obviously this one thing stating that he denies dodging the draft. And then there's another reports of Ted Nugent stating he blasts Taylor Swift for hypocrisy. Can't say the word right. Hypocrisy. Admits he too flies private. Uh, yeah. I love Uncle Ted. But uh, yeah, his politics does... Go out of hand a little bit, but I do enjoy him musically and guitar-wise. He is phenomenal. All right. Do you miss Slayer? I sure do. I miss him. At least I can say the last time I saw them, obviously right before the pandemic. I think a lot of people saw them right before the pandemic, but... Kerry King, I guess you can see formerly of Slayer, uh, the, his new band is crushing 
and on par with Slayer. Now, that was a article on blabberingmouth.net here. So, apparently there is a uh, Nikki Black who pioneers San Francisco area-based rock radio station uh, 107.7 The Bone. Apparently, heard most of the songs that will appear on the debut album from Carrie King's new group while visiting Carrie and his wife at their home in New York City earlier this week. And apparently, she posted on her Facebook page stating, I have, and, and I quote, I heard the new Carrie King songs last night, and they are crushing. The world hasn't been the, the same without Slayer, but now I'm looking forward to 2023. And yes, I know who's in the band. And no, I won't tell you. Sorry, blabbermouth.net. And hashtags she posts on her. About last night, last night, hashtag Slayer. Hashtag, hashtag not Slayer. Hashtag Metal. And she also stated, it sounds killer. I love them all. Not a clunker in the bunch. I think I heard about eight or nine songs. Interesting. So, fans are speculating who is going to be in the Carrie King solo or side project super group. What not? People think it's going to be Phil Semos from Pantera. Some people may say it might be Paul Bastoff, Bostoff, Slayer's drummer. Who's going to play lead guitar? Rhythm guitar? Not sure yet. So, future looks bright for Carrie King in the year 2023. And to kind of close out the news portion, yeah, about the Pantera, got to end it with that, right? Charlie Baldante and Zach Wilde defend the Pantera reunion, and they both they both pretty much said uh, that they're planning on to make it sound as close to the original as possible. That's it. I'm not going to go into details, not going to argue about it. It's a tribute tour. That's it. These guys are going to play all the classics of Pantera with Phil and It's going to be a reunion, or not a reunion tour. Don't say that. A tribute. It's going to be a tribute to Dimebag and Vinnie Paul. That's it. A tribute tour. A proper way to bring back the Pantera name and uh, pretty much play in front of a new generation or people who have never seen Pantera back in the heydays of the 90s, like myself. And uh, I was, I was again, thankful enough to see Hell Yeah with, Paul, uh, with uh, Chad Gray and obviously Vinnie Paul playing on drums. So I'm very grateful to see them twice with Vinnie. Never seen Dimebag before his passing. Uh, never seen Phil or Noah Rex. I know Phil played... Uh, the local venue by me many times, and I kind of wish I went to go see him. But hey, this is overall for a fan support. It. All of this is a tribute. And with that, my friends, we're gonna close up the riffs portion of the show this episode. And as I mentioned for next episode, which is 44, I'll be discussing about the Mudvayne, Rob Zombie, State of X, and Power Man 500 show. We'll do a little review on it, set lists, and what songs were played, and what not. All right. 
without further ado, let's head on to Body Slam Port to Show where we talk about all things pro wrestling. <laughs> Welcome to the Body Slam portion of the show where we talk about all things pro wrestling. So, most of the topics going to be talking about in the world of pro wrestling is SummerSlam, of course, and uh, the Ric Flair's final match. So, SummerSlam, we'll start with that. I did watch it uh, from the, the start of the show up to the end. Uh, I didn't watch the pre-show. I'm not sure if there's any matches. Don't seem like there were, but I did watch the very start of the premium live event, but to the very end, the chaos, very end, I should say. And then the Ric Flair's final match, some I actually watch, and then there were some some I missed, including Rick's final match. Uh, the streaming was lagging, and had to watch the rest on Twitter, clips left and right. So, kind of give you what I seen so far. But to kick it off, the Bioslam portion of the show, let's get to the 2022 edition of SummerSlam. Live from the Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. The show kicks off with the Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. A decent match. Decent match to kick off the show. Both men win. Both women look pretty good. Professional women wrestlers, of course. Uh, they're both pros. And they, they put on an excellent the match. They kick off the good vibe of what the show could be under the new direction of Triple H and Stephanie and Nick Khan, I should say. So, overall, good way to kick off the show. And Becky Lynch lost to Bianca Belair. So Bianca retained the title. Yeah, uh, yeah, big time Bex. She fell short again. Well, right after the match, uh, Bianca Belair was left in the ring uh, celebrating. And sure enough, Bailey. She came out after being sunlight sunlight for the m- almost a year. Pretty much over a year now. Uh, Bailey came out to the ring. And sure enough, Dakota Kai and Io Shirai have made their return back to the WWE for being gone since there are at least Dakota Kai was released back in April. Uh, Triple H managed to snatch her up really quick, and here they are. Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Shirai. As a group faction, hopefully we'll get more answers on Raw. The day after, or at least two days after the pay-per-view. So I guess it's a nice little uh, surprise after the Bianca match. And sure enough, Becky Lynch came in the ring to support Bianca and kind of ended off that little segment there. Alright, next match, Logan Paul versus The Miz. Logan Paul, uh, very impressive. There was a point in the match where he put The Miz on the commentary table. Logan Paul climbed up the top ropes and uh, jumped a frog, frog splash, I say, onto the commentary t- table, crashing the mesh right through the table. Phenomenal. Highlight the mat, highlight of the match, I say. Um, eventually, 
the Miz backed away. Uh, he backed into Logan Paul, who hit a skull-crushing finale to score the pin. Love or hate him, Logan Paul looks great. So, yeah, Logan Paul defeated the Miz by pinfall. Uh, despite with him not having a lot of matches in the pro wrestling ring, he looked really good. Looks really good in his match against the Miz. All right, up next, Bobby Lashley puts the U.S. title on the line against Theory. Obviously, the match kicks off with Theory pretty much trying to gain control of the whole match, but eventually, Bobby Lashley took that bad boy right out of Theory's hands, the control of out of his hands. Eventually, uh, Lashley put the hurt lock to force Theory to tap out. So Bobby Lashley defeated Austin Theory or Theory by pinfall. So he retained the U.S. title. All right. Up next, the Judgment Day versus the Mysterios. It did no disqualification match. So right off the bat, kick kicks off with the Mysterios. Got off to a quick start with both Ray and Dominic hitting the early dives. Uh, before a top rope crossbody from Dominic on the fin for an early two count. So right off the bat, things are flying off the dime here. Eventually, Rhea Ripley interfered to attack Ray and set up Priest to hit the South of Heaven. Bay of the Cold Flacher, but the lights went out. And I made a prediction here, folks. I'm at radio show, sportstimechicago.com, each and every Thursday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. Edge is going to make his return. And that's what happened. The question is, and stupid me, I, I some reason I just picked the Mysterios to, to attack. But, I, again, I, why would I think that? Because I knew he was going to come and save the Mysterios and said. And that's what happened. Edge came down, raised a little hell, and helped. The Mysterios defeat Judgment Day by pinfall. All right, I'm next. Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin. As again, Pat McAfee was great. Uh, is this the highlight match of the night? Not really, but Pat McAfee looked great. Uh, Michael Cole, dude, he was. The star of commentary of the night. I think that was the best commentary of Michael Cole I ever heard. I mean, rooting for his partner, Pat McAfee from SmackDown. Michael Cole was great. My personal opinion. And yes, Pat McAfee defeated Happy Corbin by pinfall. Decent match. Not too, it wasn't bad. It was decent. Alright, up next. The Undisputed. WWE Tag Team Champion The Usos versus The Street Profits with special guest referee Double J Jeff Jarrett. So I made a prediction here, folks. Jeff Jarrett is refereeing, right? And he is in the main event of the Ric Flair's final match. Now, he is the heel. It will make sense to help out the Usos. 
he claims he was going to split right down the middle 50-50. Well, I was wrong. He actually meant it. 50-50, he split right down the middle. Every time someone goes out of control on a corner with somebody, Jeff Jarrett starts counting up to five and he breaks up whatever maneuver. For example, if... You know, uh, Angel Dawkins was attacking uh, one of the Uso guys and in the corner. Jeff Jarrett goes, one, two, three, four, five. And that's it. And then he'll rip it apart. Vice versa. One of the Street Profits members do it to the Usos. He'll do the same exact thing. So it's just Jeff Jarrett went down right down to the middle. That was a decent, or I guess that was a great tag team match. And the Usos defeated the Street Profits by pinfall and retained the tag team titles. Alright. So apparently Matt Riddle showed up at SummerSlam, claimed that he still won a piece of Seth freaking Rollins. And uh, Seth Rollins came out. It wasn't a match. This Riddle just came out. To uh, say he doesn't care if he was medically cleared to compete or not. And he wants Rollins no matter what. And Seth Rollins came out. And both both men started brawling on the entryway before it ended up in the ring. And Rollins hit Riddle with a stomp as WWE officials try to stop him. Laying out Matt, middle, Matt Riddle in the middle of the ring. Alright, up next. Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey. So right off the bat, the match kicked off and Rousey take the fight right to Morgan. Hitting some punches, jumping knee, and a slam. My pick was going to be Ronda Rousey. Fans who watched the show knew that it ended in a controversial ending of the match. What happened? Well, Ronda Rousey placed a arm Bar lock on Liv Morgan. So Liv Morgan was standing. Ronda Rousey had the armbar lock as she was laying on the ground. What happened was Ronda Rousey's shoulders were touching the mat instead of being up. And that pretty much gave Liv Morgan the position to make it seem like she's pinning Ronda Rousey. And Ronda realized that her shoulders were touching the mat. Were pretty much Pretty much gave Liv Morgan an easy pin, even though Liv was in the arm lock bar. And the Rev decided the pin started to do a count one, two, three, and Liv Morgan won the match. And Ronda Rousey, she was pissed. And eventually, she started attacking Liv Morgan right after the match. And then all the secure, the rough, she even put an arm lock bar on the ref. And then all the backstage personnel, security came down and stopped her and eventually she stopped. And obviously it's been reported as the time I'm recording this podcast that she is officially suspended for striking the ref at SummerSlam. So uh, fans were booing. A lot of people weren't happy about the finish, but Liv Morgan defeated Ronda Rousey. All right. Now comes the main event. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Chaotic. One word to describe this match. Again, chaotic. It, 
uh, it was something I would have never thought coming out of this main event between these two men. Yeah, I wasn't sure how this match was going to turn out, but gosh darn it. So, look, Roman Reigns came out. Brack Lesnar came out. If fans who hasn't watched the SummerSlam yet, Lesnar came out and decided to bring a tractor down the ring. Yeah, a tractor in SummerSlam. Who never thought? Apparently, Lesnar is a farmer boy with a flannel vest on and a cowboy hat, driving a tractor down to the ring. Eventually, the match kicks off with Lesnar jumping off the tractor on top to Roman Reigns to kick off the show. And here comes Brock Lesnar bringing Smashville to Nashville. No pun intended. Uh, yeah, Brock Lesnar brought the beating to Roman Reigns. And he was conquering him. He was conquering the first half of the match. Eventually, things spilled out of the ring, went to the crowd, came back out. I mean, this was insane. A lot of, you know, pinfall failed attempts from both men. I mean, there was numerous spears, numerous F5s. Back and forth, back and forth, and man, Lesnar was just putting Roman Reigns over like crazy. It was a good, intense match, and people were out, were standing up. You can check out the stadium, and fans were just losing it. It was getting to the point where Brock Lesnar couldn't take it no more. Like, what does it take for Roman Reigns to stay down in this last man standing match? And, and eventually. He got on that tractor, put Roman in the bucket of the tractor, lifted in the air, dumped Roman out of the bucket. <laughs> I'm like, geez, well, apparently that wasn't enough. So what Brock Lesnar did, Brock Lesnar decided to put the tractor bucket under the ring and lift the ring mid-air, something i never seen before. A pro wrestling ring elevated in the air. <laughs> And Roman Reigns was in the middle of the ring, and once that ring lifted up, Roman Reigns, he flopped out of the ring. And apparently that wasn't enough to take out Roman Reigns. Eventually, eventually, the Usos came out to help out Roman Reigns, super kick Brock. Eventually, eventually Austin Theory came down with his Money in the Bank briefcase, was trying to cash in. The briefcase. But that got short-lived by the Usos. And then Roman Reigns gave the spear. A two-count. Another spear. A two-count. Eventually, the Usos super Brock. And they threw anything they could have in their way on top of Brock. So when Brock was laying down, they threw an announcer table desk. A chair. The actual, uh, we call the the ring stairs. They threw, they can find anything they could put on Brock to trap him, and that did it. Roman Reigns defeated Brock Lesnar to retain the undisputed championship. Overall, I thought that was a great main event. Again, chaotic. So I posted a poll on Twitter. Let me know what 
And I mean, how do you guys feel about the pay-per-view? And I uh, put a poll on her asking if he thought SummerSlam was great or if SummerSlam was horrible. So 75% of you guys said it was great. 25% said it was horrible. Thank you so much for participating, as always. We'll talk about the Ric Flair match next. I did put a post on it, and uh, yeah, a different polling <laughs> coming out for that. So, all right, that concludes WWE SummerSlam 2022 results. Let's cruise on to Ric Flair's last match results. So, I missed out the pre-show and a couple early matches. Obviously, the show kicks off with the Bunkhouse Battle Royal. The participants, Sen Bodhi, Cowboy James Storm, Bully Ray, Crowbar, Crimson, Ricky Shane Page, El Gringo Loco, Fatty Pat Kig, Big Damo, Wolf D, and Commander. And eventually, Nick Gage, led an invasion by GCW. Uh, before the Battle Royal gets started, Joey Janela, Jordan Oliver, Blake Christian, Matthew Justice, Effie, Mace Warner, and Manders rush to the ring, joining previously announced talent for the night's opening contest. And the winner of the Bunk House Battle Royal, Mace Warner, won the boot and buckle. All right. Up next, the Motor City Machine Gun versus of the Wolves. We have the Wolves, Davey Richard and Eddie Edwards versus the Motor City Machine Gun of Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin. I kind of missed out this match here, but with these two teams, I know it's going to be a great match. And it was. And looking here at the, 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 the reviews of it, uh, it's just like so many Impact Wrestling Division tag team offerings. This was the right match for the very ever important opening contest slot. So I guess that's like a good, a good, good review for the press. Good tag team match to kick off Ric Flair's final match. And the winner of this tag team match, the Motor City Machine Guns. Which, that's what I picked. All right. Up next, Killer Cross versus Harry Smith. So MLW is being representative in this pay-per-view. Also, you had Impact Wrestling New Japan also represented in this pay-per-view. So it seemed like this was a decent match between Killer Cross and Harry Smith here. I feel like Cross looked like the star. The presentation would, uh, it would still draw money. So... Obviously, between Killer Cross and his wife, Scarlet. And uh, eventually, Killer Cross defeated Harry Smith by pinfall. So, there you have it. All right, up next. Representing from AEW, Kanosuke Takeshka versus the release AEW wrestler now works for Impact Wrestling, Alan Angels, versus Nick Wayne, versus Jonathan Gresham. After that big behind-the-scenes blowout with Tony Khan uh, from uh, the last week's Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor, 
This is his first public appearance since that match against Claudio. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Gresham defeated Angels. Takeshka and Nick Wayne. Eventually, he pinned Alan Angels to retain this match. So, there you have it. Jonathan Gresham won this fatal four-way for four corners match, I'll say. All right, up next. Ricky and Kerry Morton versus Brock Anderson and Brian Pillman Jr. So, a generational match here. Pretty neat. And uh, the outcome of the match here, Anderson and Pillman Jr. defeated the Mortons. How about that? All right, Ray Phoenix versus Bandito versus Black Taurus versus Laredo Kid. And I've seen clips of this match online, and this looks like a tense, crazy match. A luchador-style wrestling match. By the way, represented by AAA Mexican Promotion. Uh, from my understanding, this, these four men destroyed it. These guys put on a great match. Uh, apparently, uh, from seeing reviews here, it is a Tor Taurus stood out as a wrestler. Out of the show, The Point. Showing of his unbridled power and be throwing his body through the air, which I seen that, which was phenomenal. Uh, his girl press on uh, Laredo Kid off the top row was obviously outstanding. But the winner out of this match was Ray Phoenix. Uh, defeated Bandito, Laredo Kid, and Taurus. So, decent match. Good match. Alright, another great match. Good pro wrestling stars here. Interpromotional inter match here. So Josh Alexander put his Impact Wrestling title on the line against MLW's Jacob Fatu, who is phenomenal. If you've seen Jacob Fatu, he is great. Guy's a monster. He is a beast. And uh, look, Josh Alexander went to war. A huge challenge here. And uh, sadly to say, the match ended in a double disqualification as Brian Myers, Matt Cardona, and a smart, a smart Mark Sterling attacked both competitors. So I guess Mark, Matt Cardona is feeling good, I guess, right? And sure enough, WWE Hall of Famer Diamond Dallas Page jumped the guardrail and dropped Cardona with a diamond cutter. So, yeah, Alexander, Josh Alexander retained the Impact Wrestling or Impact Wrestling Championship by double disqualification. All right, up next. The Von Erichs, Marshall and Ross of the Von Erichs versus the boys, the Briscoes. Wasn't sure how this match was going to go, but I have a good feeling it's going to be a good one. Uh, so right off the bat, both teams squared off. Mark and Jay Briscoe controlled early, but the second-generational opposition worked over the ladder. Uh, turned the tide in their favors momentarily. Uh, a tag to Mark allowed the former ROH champions to mount a comeback. As the match got closer here, the fans were... Going nuts and crazy here. Eventually, Jay and Mark deliver the froggy bow moments later for the win. So the Briscoes defeated the Von 
Eric. So how about that? All right, up next. The Women's Knockout Championship match, Jordan Grace versus Deanna Perrazzo versus Rachel Ellering. Seeing clips of this match, um, from my understanding, Deanna looks oppressive. She's the future pro wrestling star. Rachel Ellering, she is, again, part of the Ellering family, and uh, she looks pretty good, too, as well. But Jordan Grace managed to walk away, retaining the Impact Wrestling Championship. All right, the main event. Ric Flair and his son-in-law, Andrade El Idolo, versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. So... I seen Ric Flair's intro came out with this classic style robe that he's been teasing for weeks. What he's wearing. Had a purple shirt, purple trunks, purple uh, knee pads, purple boots. Came out with the, 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 the WCW Globe Championship belt. Walking down that aisle one more time. To be the man, you got to beat the man. The GOAT, the legend, Ric Flair, walked down the aisle one more time. So, here he is, Rick walking down the aisle with his son-in-law, Andrade. The battle off against Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. The fans were on their feet, waiting for this final match to get going. After all the hype, here it is. And uh, look at Lethal and Andrade carry the majority of the in-ring match. Uh, obviously, Jarrett, who is phenomenal. Old school heat. Flair getting spots here and there. Obviously, he had a little juice on his head throughout the match. And uh, <laughs> there was a point in the match where he even managed to Fake a heart attack and to set up an eye poke to lethal. I love that classic flare poke. And as the match was getting close to the end, Jeff Jarrett brought his signature acoustic guitar. Lethal was holding flare hostage. And uh, as Jarrett was about to attempt to hit flare on top of the head with the acoustic guitar, Andrade managed to save flare by pulling him out. And uh, Jeff Jarrett, Smacked Jay Lethal right in the head with the guitar by accident. And sure enough, the match ended with Flair doing the figure four. The trademark patented figure four that Flair uses to defeat Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal in the final match. So yeah, from what I understand, there were some points in the match where fans were a little uncomfortable. Uh, were a little nervous and watching Rick here. Fans were concerned. But nonetheless, the match ended. Flair hands high up in the air with the son-in-law Andrade that finishes final match ever. It was pretty cool. At ringside, you had The Undertaker with his wife Michelle. Mick Foley. Uh, Bret Hart was at the show. Kid Rock, of course. Even though he was at SummerSlam, but he was Ric Flair's final match. Vicky Guerrero was there. Very cool. And also there behind the scenes at backstage, Jerry Lawler, Jerry Jarrett. That's pretty cool. 
both uh, uh, legendary promoters from the 80s in one room with Jeff Jarrett before the match. So pretty neat. Pretty, pretty, pretty neat. And they have a few cameos as well. A few people sent in their videos that played on the Titantron. Obviously, JR left a nice video for them. Dolph Ziggler and a couple other people from AEW and WWE. Bob Cottle also sent a video as well. So, or I guess he did the introduction and the outro for the show. But overall, it was a decent pay-per-view from what I've seen so far. And again, the final Ric Flair last match card results. All right. I think I talked about everything so far. What's going on in the world of pro wrestling results. And we'll kind of pick things up in a few days for episode number 44. So until next time, my friends. Thank you so much for tuning in to Roofs and Body Slams. Again, follow me on my socials at Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, or send me an email at slams at gmail.com. Till next time, my friends. Stay safe. Stay healthy. I'll catch you guys on the road. Mm-hmm.